Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Some of you have, well, you've never done these three. And today you're going to leave a very different person. You might have walked in religiously doing your deal, but we're going to see that that's not at all what God wants in our life. So today, a very exciting passage of scripture versus people who take pride in their religion, in their rituals and their regulations. See, all around the world today, we have people that are in churches and they're proud that they're religious, but they don't know Jesus Christ. They're just doing religious deals. There are possibly millions of people who faithfully attend church services, who help out when asked, and who give generously, who will end up in hell. The reason for this is that they did the works, but didn't know the Savior, who's the real reason for doing the works. Jesus himself warned his listeners of this possibility. Pastor Mark is teaching on the importance of having a relationship with Jesus, rather than looking for justification through religious activities. We need to be sure that our relationship with Jesus is solid, if it isn't, to work at making it stronger. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 1 of his message, Three Signs of a True Believer. One of the most important questions in all the world that every single person asks was asked by a rich young ruler. He was Jewish. He kept the law really well. And he came to Jesus one day and he asked this question. What do I have to do to get eternal life? What do I have to do to get into heaven? Well, that's a question that every person will ask because inside your heart, whether it's India, Africa, Indonesia, or the United States, inside your heart, God placed the, well, the knowledge of eternity, that when you die, you'll be somewhere. So it's a question everybody asks, maybe not in those terms, but they want to know what's going to happen to me when I die. Paul knew that question. He thought he had the answer. It was called religion. But he didn't have it. And God, in his grace, gave him three keys to getting into heaven to show that you're a real believer. That's what we want to talk about today. You see, Paul had started a church in a little town called Philippi. He then goes to Rome and he's in prison. And he's sending the letter back. You've just turned to it, the book of Philippians. He's sending that little letter back 
to the church. I want you to be the church of Philippi this morning. You're the church. Well, what's happened in the church? Well, you believe you're a Christian. And into the church came these people with different ideas. And they would say to you, well, why do you think you're a Christian? Well, I accepted Jesus Christ, I had forgiveness of my sins, and, and I asked him to come into my heart, and I'm a believer. The Apostle Paul said, I am. And they said, well, you're partly right. But there's some other things you have to add to make sure you're a believer. See, Jesus is not enough. That's very true today. Because we mix up Jesus and religion. We simply mix it up. It's a very confusing thing. And we're going to go through today and show you how not to mix it up. How to be able to answer that question to anybody that asks you, how do I get to heaven? You ought to be able to answer it. We'll give you three keys. And then some of you have, well, you've never done these three. And today you're going to leave a very different person. You might have walked in religiously doing your deal, but we're going to see that that's not at all what God wants in our life. So today, a very exciting passage of scripture versus people who take pride in their religion, in their rituals and their regulations. See, all around the world today, we have people that are in churches and they're proud that they're religious, but they don't know Jesus Christ. They're just doing religious deals. All of you know what that's like. Millions of people around the world have walked into a religious building. They've stood. They've opened a songbook. They've looked at the overhead. They're going to endure a few moments of teaching. And they're going to leave. And they've done church. But the Spirit of God was nowhere around. It was nothing but rules, regulations, and ritual. Now, that isn't limited to the Jewish faith. That isn't limited to the Protestant faith. That's not limited to the Catholic faith. That, that's all around the world. So how do we make sure that we're not into that kind of stuff? That we just bow our heads and have prayer and hope the thing is over. Is that amen? Praise God, I'm out of here early. Wow, terrific. How do we differentiate between dead religion and a real relationship with God? Well, we begin in Philippians chapter 3. Now, there's going to be three signs that show you, Paul teaches us, what a believer, a real believer is like, what a real Christ follower is like. And I'm going to give you a test at the end, so pay attention. Here we go. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Now, it's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And, by the way, it's a safeguard for you. The word finally just simply means that Paul is moving on to another section. Remember, this is a letter. There's not chapters and verses. He's telling them I'm moving on to another topic. It's a topic, and he says, I want you to listen up. And he begins with the words that you and I are familiar with. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, that's, the, that's kind of the theme of the whole letter that Paul wrote. We see his attitude in life to rejoice in God. Paul is not going to be frustrated, even though he has difficult circumstances. He's still going to learn 
to rejoice. Now, what is the difference between joy and happiness? Let's just remind ourselves. Here, let me give you the first one, joy. Paul says rejoice, and he gives us the answer. He says rejoice in the Lord. So joy is based on our personal relationship with Jesus. It's based on God. And it can be 24-7. It doesn't matter how difficult the circumstances are. We can rejoice because bottom line, you and I know, Romans 8, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, it doesn't mean all things are good in our life. Lots of stuff in our life is not good. Some of it just because we live in a world tainted by sin. Some of it because God allows stuff to come in to stretch us and grow us. But bottom line is, it's going to be okay. Here is Paul. And the circumstances where he is at right now are not good. So Paul isn't necessarily happy But he has joy. What does happiness have to do with it? Take a look at here. Happiness depends on the circumstances of life. It's not a person. It's not on God. It's on what's happening in your life right now. Now, some of you received bad news medically this week. Some of you just heard that there's going to be another layoff at work. Some of you thought that on Thursday night, the Miami Dolphins had their next quarterback, and that was going to solve their season. Well, and you're not happy. We all have those days. Paul wasn't really happy. He wanted to send this letter that we're looking at. He wanted to send it back to Philippi. But he couldn't find anybody in the church at Rome willing to take it back. They were available. They just weren't caring. They just thought about themselves. So eventually he sends it back with a a great friend of his called Epaphroditus, who had come to be his servant. While he was there in Rome, of course, as you know, Paul's in prison. But he says, be joyful. It's not the circumstances. It's his relationship with God. Well, Epaphroditus is there and he almost dies. God heals him. Eventually, Paul sends him back with the letter. So here's Paul in jail, in prison, doesn't know whether he's going to make it or not. He has one friend left there, Timothy. But Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. God's in control. No ganguzo. Quit being a grouch. Look at the next part of that, verse 1. It's no trouble for me to write, here's the key, the same things to you again. And by the way, it's not only trouble. I want to do it, but it's, it's good for your spiritual health. So what is Paul going to do? He's going to remind us of something we already know. This church already knows what he's going to say. But he says, I need to remind you about it again. Now, for some of us, we're thinking, that's ridiculous. Why do we need to be reminded of that? Well, he just reminded us of one thing when he says, rejoice in the Lord. Some of us needed to be reminded today that happiness and joy are different. And it's going to be okay because the week has been really rough, but it's okay. Now, we're going to take a little quiz. Let's see how good you do. Twelve times eight is, tell me. Okay, that's four of you got it right. Some of you are still then carry the two, divide by the... All right, here's the next one. Nine times seven is... 
Shout it out. Come on, get your minds going. Here's the next one. 18 divided by 4 is? And here's a big one. 51 divided by 3 is? Divide, carry the 4. Do you subtract? What was the answer? 17. Terrific. Now, how did you learn what you just did? I heard two of you say it. How did you learn it? Repetition. How many remember the little multiplication cards? How many remember? Dad says, no dinner until you get them right. You remember those old days? Now we have, we just get our iPhone out and do it right there in class. Four times, ten, come back. No, you don't do it. You're supposed to learn. So all of those things you saw up there, we learned by what? Simply repetition. Oh, Dad, I don't want to do it again. I already got it down. No, it's good for you. And we did it again. So write this down. Repetition is good. Why? The truth, the spiritual truth, becomes second nature to us. You see, it's not something strange. You haven't done that kind of stuff in a long while. 51 divided by 3. But it came back to you. As you, maybe even if you had to write it a little, it comes back to you. you. You see, Paul knew, and here we are 2,000 years later, and we're, you're going to say, Pastor Mark, why are you going to teach on this stuff? Because it's where we are in the Bible. We go through the verses, the chapters one by one. It's here. So God wants you, and he wants me, to be reminded of this same truth that you already know. It's not a waste of time. Paul says, I'm glad to do it. And by the way, he says this. It's actually, it's actually good for you because it's going to give you protection. You'll see what that means as we go through. So we begin in the next verse. Paul says, watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, and those mutilators... Of the flesh. You see, Paul is talking about three expressions of the same people, false teachers. He says, into your church have come false teachers. By the way, we have those today in our churches. And he said, they've infiltrated your groups. And when you say, I'm a believer, they say, well, how do you know you're a believer? Well, I believe in Jesus Christ. I ask forgiveness for my sins. I believe in him and I'm following him. Well, that's good, but that's not good enough. You have to add these things to it. So Paul calls them dogs. It's interesting because in the Jewish days that Paul was living, Gentiles were called dogs. Now, dogs are not the little cute things. You know, we have a little Misu, and she's a lap dog. She likes to come up on their lap. Dogs in those days were kind of mongrels. They were dirty. They were street people. Nobody would have anything to do with dogs. So when a Jew would go to the supermarket, he'd come home and say, you know what, there are some dogs around me today. He wasn't talking about dogs. He was talking about Gentiles. And there was that much prejudice. Then he says, not only dogs, but notice what else he says. Those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. I'll share with you what that means. So he's, retur- he's talking about false teachers who have come into the church and they're wrongly adding something. He says, watch out, danger, be careful, be aware. 
Well, what were they doing? They were teaching that you could never be right with God except by adding some ritual, some religion, some law-keeping to your so-called salvation. So it was a false gospel. It would not get you to heaven. And Paul would write in the book of Galatians, he would call it a false gospel. Not, not true, but false. Do you know what the true gospel is? Understanding how to get to heaven. The good news. What is the false gospel? Write it down this morning. Here it is. And you'll see this all over our communities, even though we don't have the exact same problem, but it's similar. False gospel is faith in Jesus. Yes, yes. Has to be faith in Jesus. Plus is the key. Circle it when you write it. Plus. Plus good works. In those days, it was Jewish rules and rituals and regulation. And so Paul says, these people, and by the way, they're going to be called Judaizers. They're going to be called Judaizers. It was always this, faith plus something. Now, we remember that. Paul says, I really never get tired of warning you about false teaching. Because that's always happening. Satan never stops trying to confuse people about how to be forgiven. He says, Satan is always trying to confuse the answer to that simple question, what must I do to get eternal life? What must I do to get to heaven? He says, Satan loves to confuse it, and he confuses it with false teaching. So here we are 2,000 years later. What are some of the pluses that we could add? I'll talk a little more about the Jews in a moment, but what are some of the pluses we can add? Some of you remember them. In the Protestant churches early on, you might have been raised in one of these. If you went to church and you said you were born again, then you wanted to become a member of the church. And of course, then they handed you, depending on your church, a little card. It was a membership card. And they wanted you to sign it. The problem was on the back of it was a million lists of don'ts. Anybody remember those cards? Well, now that you're a Christian, well, that's good, but that's not quite good enough. No dancing. No drinking, don't play any music, no Roku's. Well, no, not a Roku, that's too updated. <laughs> but it was all these things that made you what? Right with God. So the Protestants, we had a million things. Must take communion, must be to church, must do this, sing in the choir, make food for the buffet, whatever. How about you Catholics? Did you have anything that you had to do? Huh. What about meat on Fridays? Whatever happened with that? We don't even know how we got it, but it went away quickly. I used to travel a lot when I was director of pharmacy. And I would travel with a good Catholic friend. And wherever we were, didn't matter where we were in the world, he better get to church on Sunday to take mass. How many of you remember that? You're Catholic, you remember that. Man, if you didn't get there, oh, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. I've got to get right there, I've got to get right there. What is that? That's man's deal, isn't it? Now, it's not a bad thing, but it's always something plus, plus. So there is a true gospel. And Paul's going to tell us really what that is. Take a look and write the definition of the true gospel this morning. So don't be confused with false and true. What is true? True gospel is a person is saved, born again, only by God's grace, you don't deserve it. God offers it as a gift through 
faith, through believing. So Christianity, becoming a Christian, going to heaven, is not salvation plus it's salvation. It's only believing in the word. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. It's done. I've paid the deal. Become a believer. So we have to be careful because if we become legalistic, if you become legalistic, and and by the way, some of you, all these kind of diets and rituals and you can't eat this and don't drink coffee and do, pretty soon we're working so hard to impress God and we forget about God's grace. I had somebody recently come up to me and say, Pastor Mark, I got away from God. And I've been trying so hard to get back. And he said, I heard this sermon this weekend. And I'm just supposed to ask forgiveness and ask God to forgive me and he'll take me back. I said, you're right. But see, around the world we have penance. We have all kinds of things. So let me just say to you this morning... If you're going to be saved, it's only by the grace of God. Everybody here needs it. You can't get to heaven without it. Then verse 3, he introduces something that's, well, it's a strange word. Look at verse 3. Paul says this, For it is we who are the circumcision. Now, that's a strange word to use in church, isn't it? Circumcision. Well, let me give you a little background. Circumcision was a requirement under the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. God established it. It was a physical sign of God's relationship with his people, the Jews. Every Jewish man at a young age would be circumcised. But then later, you're going to see in a moment, then in the New Testament... It's a very different circumcision. But look what Paul says in verse 3. For it is we who are the circumcision. So what happened back in those days, so you'd understand this. Let's say you're that church of Philippi. And these Judaizers came in. And they're in your home group. And they say to you, you a Christian? Absolutely I'm a Christian. Well, how did you become a Christian? Well, Pastor Paul told us how. It's for by grace you're saved. Not of works, let any man in both. So I've asked Jesus Christ. I'm studying the word of God. We're here reading his letters. And I'm a believer. That Judaizer, that Jew, the person who was Jewish and maybe accepted the Lord. Nobody really knows whether they did or not. But they would always say, salvation plus. So the first question he'd say to you in that home group as a man, he'd look you right in the eye and say, been circumcised yet? Now, when we say that word circumcision, all us men cringe just a little bit. And so here's a guy, maybe he's 40. He just came to the Lord. What do you mean? Circumcised. He said, well... If you're going to be a true believer, you have to be circumcised. I'm finding another church right now. You ladies are off the hook at the moment. That's what was happening. They said, you must be physically circumcised and believe all the law. Abide by all the rules and regulations. Today, Pastor Mark used math problems to remind us of the importance of working at knowing the truth the Bible teaches. There are many people who are trying to lead us astray for their own ego benefit rather than to advance God's kingdom. We need to remember that whenever we hear the gospel plus anything, that teaching is false and must be rejected. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching three signs of a true believer. He will talk more about what the true gospel is versus the false gospel and how sneaky the false can be. We will be shown how strongly the Apostle Paul felt about the Judaizers. This is an example for us in staying vigilant against the false teachings going around today. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving